Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest Tag team wrestlers of all time. Bully Ray and I talk about Monday Night Raw, especially the performance of, I think, maybe one of the best women's wrestlers in the WWE, Bianca Belair. Also, we speak to former NXT star Bronson Reed, now Jonah with Impact Wrestling, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Let's bring in somebody that's truly a professional, truly classy, truly a gentleman, and a lot has happened with him since the last time we spoke. Let's bring in Jonah, who joins us right now. Sir, how are you this morning? Doing very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show again. And we had you on just after you released from the WWE, and you were still trying to get your footing, but now you are a big part of impact wrestling. You have a big match coming up at hard to kill. So what's it been like the transition and being a part of the impact family? Uh, it's, it's been really good. You know, it, it felt like I had to sort of find my feet there after my release. Uh, the biggest hurdle to jump over was just immigration. Once I had that sorted, uh, obviously I, I debuted with new Japan pro wrestling who I'll be doing stuff with in 2022. And of course I made quite the, you know, pun, if you will, impact for impact wrestling. Uh, And I attacked Josh Alexander at Turning Point. Jonah, what are the biggest differences that jump right off the page to you about the different companies, uh, NXT, uh, Impact, Japan? Uh, I feel like even though NXT almost felt like it was it was the pro wrestling show of uh, WWE, straight away I could see the focus was a hundred percent on in-ring when it comes to new Japan pro wrestling. That's what they're, they're focused on. And it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I've wrestled in Japan before, but not for new Japan pro wrestling. Uh, as for impact, it, it is very similar to NXT where uh, it's TV wrestling and you have similar ways of doing things, but I do feel like it is maybe a little bit more eased on what the talent want to do. For example, this last 
impact episode, there was a promo I did about who the top dog is. And that was 100% all my promo. It wasn't scripted at all. And it was, it almost felt a little bit freeing to be able to go, Hey, this is my idea. Uh, would you mind rolling with this? They went with it and it was great. Uh, whereas usually I have a script handed to me and I read verbatim. How difficult is it like to go from that world to another, the world of the WWE and then go and, and, and both positively and negatively. Cause like you said, yeah. you obviously have a lot more creative freedom, but you know, describe yeah. that transition in a positive and the negative way. Uh, I think, think the positive is I've had all of these ideas for the last few years. You know, I was constantly pitching things in WWE and a lot of, a lot of them went through. Um, so that's a big positive for me. And, and I get to, explore professional wrestling as the top dog now that's something that i came up with and and uh, new japan and impact and places are rolling with um i guess you know there's there's not much of a negative other than there were still moments i wanted to have with wwe things like being on a wrestlemania or stuff like that they're the only negatives that i really see about the whole situation Jonah, it was good to see you this past Saturday night at the ECW yes. Arena. Was that your what was that your first time performing there? It was, yeah, yeah. It was actually my first ever time in the uh, ECW Arena as a as a huge what was that fan like for of you? wrestling. Oh, amazing! You know, uh, I'm a huge fan of wrestling, huge fan of ECW. So when I was asked about doing the show, it was a no brainer. Of course, I'd do it. Got to wrestle, you know, PCO, the man that is not human in the main event, and. We did some pretty wild things, as you should, in the ECW arena. Uh, talking about uh, working with PCO, very different for you in working with a guy with a with, with a larger man with a style like that. How were how were you able to come together and gel to put on a great main event for the fans that were there that night? Uh, I, I think we gelled really well, actually. But it is very different, you know. Uh, I've had those big man matches where you have, you know, big man versus big man, but uh, PCO is a little bit of the wild west where <laughs> he does some really crazy things. So I think it's, you know, about incorporating those things that the fans obviously expect from someone like PCO, but at the same time doing what I do. Uh, and I thought it came out really well. You know, Jonah, I I'm sure if we were having this discussion 10 years ago, it would be very, very different because, I remember when we started Busted Open, it was really the WWE and then everything else. There'd be a big gap yeah. between number one and number two. That's not the case now. You know, there's so many yeah. companies out there. And like you just mentioned, New Japan, we're, we're getting closer to Wrestle Kingdom, is, which is one yep. of my favorite shows of the year. Like the landscape is really different as we get closer to 2022, isn't it? Yes, I, I think... Um... 2022, I'm very excited for myself and professional wrestling, but I think it's exciting for everyone that's a fan of professional wrestling as well. You know, you're going to be able to see people wrestle different places and wrestle different opponents that you never thought you were going to be able to see. You know, almost some dream matches will happen next year, I think. Um, and as you know, there's that forbidden door that people keep walking through. And for someone like myself, who, you know, I have an agreement with New Japan, I have a short term agreement with Impact. You never know where I could be in 2022. Jonah, let's talk about the the locker rooms and the boys. Um, mm. 
a Japanese locker room as compared to an American locker room? You've been in a New Japan locker room, Impact, NXT. Can you talk about the differences and the vibe backstage uh, amongst the different uh, amongst the different locker rooms? Uh, I feel like everywhere has their own vibe. Obviously, everyone everyone has people that are more comfortable in their locker rooms because they've been there for a longer time. And it's about fitting into those places. I've always been one that's that's easy to fit into any locker room. Uh, I'm a pretty respectful guy, but I'm easy to get along with as well. I, I like to go there, do my business, and then and then leave, but also have a fun fun time as well. Uh, I think Japan is very very business, very business centric. People, you know, are pretty quiet backstage, but then they do love a good rib. The uh, Japanese wrestlers themselves, so <laughs> sometimes those things are fun. Uh, whereas now the backstage, you know, of an NXT or, or an impact, you, you get such a varied, you know, age gap between someone that's like 18, 19 or 20. And then people that are, that are over their fifties. So it is a very different culture backstage now in wrestling. And, and speaking of different cultures, obviously the fan base uh, in America and Japan is very different. Describe yes. to the fans listening today how you felt debuting in New Japan and how the fans reacted to you. Uh, it felt amazing. You know, it's a company that I've wanted to work with for a long time. Uh, I, I did work with Pro Wrestling Noah for about a year. Uh, I, yeah, I lived in Japan for about a year. So I, I know what the Japanese crowd is like and what the fan base is like. Um, I think the big difference is is obviously wrestling fans in the Western world, they love professional wrestling that, you know, they love everything about it, but it's almost like the Japanese fans watch it as a sport. So they're a little bit more engaged during the match um, promos and things like that. Maybe not so much, but during the match, you can see that they're with your every move. Um, Want to get back to NXT for just a second. Mm-hmm. Did you, were you surprised or maybe even a little bit more surprised that the that that product changed so much after your departure. You know, I still have a tough time letting go. That black and gold brand meant a lot to a lot of fans. Bully would come on the air each and every week and say that he thought it was the best pro wrestling show that there was. And you were a part of that product at the time. And then, you know, after your departure, the show completely changed. And, the, the you know... Even to the colors of the show, the the everything was thrown right out the window and restructured and rebuilt. Were you surprised by that? Uh, very surprised. You know, it, it sort of made more sense once I realized what they were doing as to possibly why I was released. Um, but the black and gold brand itself of NXT was very special to myself and a lot of those, those pillars that helped build it, guys like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when the NXT got that USA deal, Hunter sat us all down and said how we are this third brand. And I think there was, there was that camaraderie backstage that we wanted to make this show as special as possible. Uh, and it was the wrestling show. We, we still got freedom and stuff like that on Wednesdays. And now it seems a little bit, I, again, I'm not going to diss anyone that's on NXT 2.0. I still have friends there, but it is very much just another WWE product. It doesn't feel like something different for them. But Jonah, from what you know, is yes. NXT 2.0 what it was originally supposed to be? 
was uh, was what? NXT what was Hunter's vision of NXT ever truly supposed to be in place, or did this just take on a life of its own and become a runaway train that became very difficult to slow down? Yeah, from what I know, it was always supposed to be sort of what NXT 2.0 is or FCW. More, more of a developmental people stay there for a few months and then move on to the main roster. Um, but then when we were given the TV deal, obviously NXT needed its own stars. And there are a lot of people that wanted to stay in NXT because of the culture and because of the freedom they had with wrestling. Uh, so I think it was never intended to be what it became. But just like you said, it was a runaway train and, and Hunter and Sean and everyone involved were onto something good. And as were the older boys, um, but I guess eventually everything that's good comes to an end. Yeah, that's unfortunate because I still I, I still love that. And it's good to hear, Bully, yeah. um, that, you know, unlike you, Jonah was working with people at NXT that had his back. And there was a there was actually a team in the locker room, unlike what happens on this show with you and I. But I digress. <laughs> Don't mean to bring our guests into the drama that's happening on the show. So I apologize for that, but Jonah, uh, one I have a question because I, I would I would like to give you the opportunity to bury me just as hard as <laughs> LaGreca buried me for three hours yesterday. On a oh, scale okay. of one to ten, honestly, Jonah, on a scale of one to ten, how much of an epic failure am I for not being able to put Jerry Lawler through a table since you got to witness it with your own eyes? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if it's an epic failure, but uh but in my eyes, almost a massive win to be able to pop all the boys backstage. So <laughs> I was <Yes>! watching. <laughs> I was watching the monitor with PCO and uh, the, the first one onto the table. I'm like, that table ain't breaking. I don't know what sort of wood that is and who made shift that table, but it ain't going anywhere. I thought if anything, you would have had to have climbed to the top and tried to splash him through it if you wanted to try and break it. But even then, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Jonah. I got to tell you, that's exactly what crossed my mind. I said, I'm <laughs> I just going to lay him on the table. I'm going to go to the top, and I'm going to hit him with a super fat splash, um, <laughs> which is considerably more dangerous than a 450 uh, or a, yeah, a five-star yes. frog splash. And then I said to myself, I want to beat the guy. I don't want to kill the guy. But, yeah, yes. that sick thought did go through my mind. And, and I thank you for at least telling me that I popped the boys. Because Dave LaGreca did not make me feel good about myself. You have made me feel good about myself. And that's why you're a new friend. And Dave has never been a friend. Yeah, and I have no friends. But, but Jonah, and, and, and this is all in all seriousness. Um, yes. I actually learned a lot about pro wrestling, like watching that match. And this mm -hmm. is where I give credit to you, obviously, Jonah, and, and, and Bully. Like... He put, you know, tried to put Jerry Lawler through that table. Didn't happen. But you would never, like, the way that Bully just transitioned and changed the match and, you know, used Jerry Lawler's finisher, the pile driver, as his finish of that match. And just the way he reacted to the table. And seeing you in the ring with PCO, it's amazing to me how talented, you know, pro wrestlers are and where you have to think on the fly. And you have yeah. to have to improvise because... You know, things can change and things can go wrong. And that, you know, Bully, this is me giving you credit, but, like, it's true. Like, you guys have to be so professional at times. Where there's no timeout. You can't take a timeout and be like, you know, you have to really kind of ride that wave. 
It's amazing. Jonah, yeah. Jonah, have you ever had like a definitive moment like that? This is not about me. I was just I was just joking around with you about burying <laughs> me, which you can do any day you want. But have you had a moment like that that you remember in your career where you had less than a split second to think about something and have to call something on the fly to get out of it? Oh, yeah. I feel like that's happened a few times to me, you know. Uh, but sometimes those things when when that does happen it creates something that's obviously authentic and genuine in the ring and i think the people can see that whether they realize something has gone wrong or whether they realize that something brilliant is happening because something has gone wrong um but there's been times i was in a triple threat match once in australia where both my opponents concussed each other (laughs) so i had to really get to a finish really quickly with both of them and figure out we obviously are not doing what we're doing and in those moments i think that's where the true pro wrestler comes out in people where you can think on the fly and do something that still gets over. That's a true master in the ring. You know, Jonah, uh, let's look at impact wrestling for a second at turning point. Uh, you made your debut and you beat the hell out of Josh Alexander. You really, you know, you, you bloodied him up and, and I thought mm. that was a great debut and it's leading to the match, you know, uh, to what we're going to see at hard to kill. Uh, you know, what we, what was your thinking? What was your thought process before that debut at turning point? I, I always uh, want to be the talk talking point of the show. And I thought like turning point is perfect for me to uh, debut on for impact wrestling. Uh, if you, if you watch it back, you see, I, I sent on him like four times. I hit the splash is bleeding, internal bleeding coming out of the mouth. And then I, I go to leave, but I come back and I hit that one more splash. And I think that's what always uh, gets me remembered is is those sort of moments that shock people you know and that's 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 what I'm in the business for uh, so I think at hard to kill Josh and I are sort of it's 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 a hardcore sort of show I think there's a lot of gimmick matches you know there's hardcore matches there's ladder matches there's all of that I think we might be one of the only straight professional wrestling matches yep. and uh, I plan to again shock and steal the show with a professional wrestling match um, dealing with what you've had to deal with in the past couple of months, uh, a release can always be very trying on a talent, especially mm-hmm. when it happens early on in somebody's career. How do you deal with things mentally? I'm sure you have a couple of bad days, but you're with New Japan now. You're with Impact now. Is the release done and over with, or does it still sit with you where you're kind of asking yourself, gee, I wonder why this really happened or is it just moving forward for you? I feel like now I'm in a place where it's 100% moving forward and focusing on the things that I'm doing uh, next year, especially as the new year comes around. I want to try and leave all that to the wayside. Obviously, because I am fresh from a release, it's hard not to speak about it. You have people asking you about it constantly when you meet fans. That's the first thing that they want to speak about. Um, so it is a little still fresh in the mind and I do think about it time to time. Uh, but 2022 is going to be complete, you know, clean slate for me for professional wrestling. Are you saying that 2022, uh, is this just high hopes or do you know for a fact that 2022 holds some greatness for you? I think, I think it's going to be fact, you know, it's high hopes, 100%. But I know with the talent that I am and the places that I'll be, that 2022 will be a big year for Jonah. 
and you know what? And I think eventually, Jonah, like as 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 far as time, people aren't going to be talking about NXT. It's a completely different product than it was when you were there. But so see, yeah. you you know, you're in New Japan. You're an impact. Like yeah. you're a, you're you know you're going to be on a major pay per view coming up next month with Impact Wrestling and you know Wrestle Kingdom and New Japan on the horizon. Like you know Jonah, like I'm sure after just a couple of months, people aren't going to be talking about. Uh, Bronson Reed anymore it's all going to be about Jonah yeah yeah that was that was a big thing in branding uh, the moniker of the top dog as well uh, to take away from what I was doing you know it was colossal Bronson Reed I wanted another moniker something new Uh, I figured the top dog of a prison always goes in and commands respect and that's what I'm going to do everywhere that I go when it comes to pro wrestling so uh, I think for sure people are not going to forget about Bronson Reed, but they'll be talking about the top dog. I love it. And again, hard to kill coming up next month. Uh, it's going to be Josh Alexander against our guest Jonah. That's January 8th. Again, it's going to be available on pay-per-view and on fight TV. Jonah, yep. we love you. You're an awesome guest. It was a pleasure meeting you face to face this past Saturday at the ECW arena. And you're welcome anytime to talk here on busted open. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Definitely. I'll definitely be back and we'll talk about trying to break some tables. I gotta say this. Yeah, yeah, you really are. And then, you know, and here's the thing. You see? Did you, did, wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out, time out. Could you help you see? My, you see what I mean? Help my guy you out. See? Can you help my guy you see? out. You Look, know? I'm burying myself. Listen, that should I, be enough. But you're like, it's like, yeah, you, you need are. To get it in. This is what... Little Bully, jabs. I give you credit. I give you credit. You're you're in the Hall of Fame. You're you you decades in the business, Plus, yeah. and now and now you decided two hall, to change two your Hall game. of Fames. Now two you, Hall of Fames. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, but whatever. And but now you've decided to change your gimmick. You Jonah, right? He could he could be just playing the hits. This now he's the guy that doesn't break the table. You know, he was the guy. Wow, that put people wow. through. Now he's the guy who doesn't put people through table. It's amazing. It's Maybe I should get back together with Devon and I'll say, Devon, don't get the tables. <laughs> yeah, but you know, look the script. <laughs> yeah, but here you, you know, your shoulder and your back. At, at your age, you don't want to be carrying people like you did, Devon, for all those decades. <laughs> Jonah, thank you, so Jonah. Thank- you see how he is? He's he's <laughs> yes. right on that one. He is right <laughs> on that one. Hey, he <laughs> gave you a good one there, <laughs> Jonah. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here, and if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Monday Night Raw has definitely been a more improved show, last night being an example of it. And I mentioned some of the things before we went to break of things that I liked. One being Bianca Belair and Dewdrop. And I talked about Dewdrop and they have really showcased her these last few matches with Bianca Belair where, you know, Mark Henry even said, yeah, let's let's get let's drop the Dewdrop and get back to Piper Niven. But also last night, Bully, uh they really showcased Bianca Belair in that win last night. There was a moment in time last night that I really think did wonders for Bianca Belair. Um, although I I kind of equated it <laughs> to the Daffy Duck bump. Do you know what the Daffy Duck bump is? I have never heard that before. Ah, allow me to educate you Thank on you, the sir. Daffy Duck bump. The Daffy Duck bump has been discussed by great wrestling minds like Paul Heyman. And Mick Foley and yours truly, although I will not say that I am nearly as great of a wrestling mind as those two individuals. The Daffy Duck Bump. Don't you remember when Daffy was trying to outdo Bugs Bunny and he swallowed the the gasoline and the nitroglycerin and the gunpowder and he swallowed all of the explosives and then lit a match and he blew up? Yes, I do remember that. And the crowd went banana. As Pat Patterson would say, they went banana and they gave him a standing ovation and Bugs looks at Daffy and goes, that's great, Daffy. They love you. And Daffy's like, yeah, the only problem is I can only do it once. Bianca <laughs> and Belair. He, 
And then he floated away to heaven, if I remember correctly. Correct. <laughs> so last night, we see Bianca Belair finally get Dewdrop up in the, uh, what she calls, she calls it the KOD. It looks yep. like a modified, it's, basically it's a torture rack. It's Lex Luger's version of the torture rack. And then she flipped Dewdrop over and hit her with the KOD. Um, the, the way Bianca was able to get her up, the slow build as if she was as if she had an olympic bar across her traps and her shoulders and went down with a with a with a lot of weight on her back and had to squat it coming up slow 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 and every little centimeter that bianca belair continued to come up i mean i know dewdrop was in the position already but just getting her up there Watch what the crowd was doing. Fan after fan after fan was getting to their feet, getting to their feet, getting to their feet, getting to their feet, to the point where the place was popping for her just for having Dewdrop up on her back. That moment in time got Bianca over. Agreed. Because it shows just how strong she is. It shows that Bianca Belair was a product and a find of the world's strongest man. I immediately thought of Mark Henry when I saw this because that was an incredible feat of strength. Did you see how the people boiled for her, Dave? I, I'm As you're talking about it, Bully, I'm watching it back now, and I'll say that the two biggest pops of the night that I noticed was one was for Edge because it's, it's Hall of Famer Edge, and the other one was Bianca Belair at the end of that matchup. That's where you didn't need to uh, pipe in crowd noise. Like, that was a build during the match that hit the crescendo at the right time at the end of that matchup. So, yes, completely agree with what you're saying on Bianca Belair. Now, how does this relate to the Daffy Duck bump and only being able to do it once? Not many of the ladies in the WWE are as big, as stout, as healthy as Dewdrop. So, that kind of maneuver is only is going to be unique to her i've seen her do it to do drop i'd like to see it maybe one more time but after that you know where do you go i think these feats of strength from bianca belair can help get her you know bring another aspect of what she does to the table and in that ring but most of the other women are you know are, are, are smaller I, I love the athleticism of bianca belair she continues to impress me Another another talent in the WWE with an it factor. She looks great. Her gear is great. I'm a. Uh, I love her lipstick. That that glowing pink or purple lipstick that she wears every time. Everything about the packaging of Bianca Belair works. Then we see her in the ring with her athleticism. We see her with a feat of strength last night. When she talks, she's entertaining. The way she whips her hair, like it's it's all there. Other than the fact that she could probably benefit from 300 days a year in a wrestling ring, it is all there with this woman. Yeah, and, and, and Bully, I love what you just said about Bianca. And as I said, I'm watching it back. And like you talked about, she put her up for that KOD. And right before she picks her up, and we, we've talked a lot about the raw crowds lately, right? How dead the raw crowds have been. They kind of sit on their hands. And this is an example of, once again, they're sitting on their hands, 
but when Bianca picks her up for that KOD, like, and then she has the bit of a struggle at the beginning, and then as soon as she gets her all the way up, I'm telling you, Bully, I'm watching it back now. It's giving me chills. Everybody is on their feet, and then when she finally hits it and goes for the pin, everybody is on their feet jumping up and down and cheering. It's one of those definitive moments from the show last night, and there's not um, there's not a lot with that crowd on Raw where everybody in that arena was on their feet cheering. Like, again, you didn't need to, to pipe in crowd noise. You didn't have to do tight angle shots of, like, three people cheering. That entire arena last night was cheering for Bianca Belair. I hope they noticed that in the back because there's very, very few people that could do what she did, as you said, that has the personality, that has the character, that has the athleticism right now of Bianca Belair. Could you imagine if something were to go down where Bianca Belair found herself in the ring with some kind of big schmoz going on? I don't know. <clears throat> and Otis and Bianca Belair were standing across from one another and Bianca Belair was able to get Otis up? That place would go buck wild. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and, and again, believe, what do you need? You need to struggle at the beginning. At the beginning... Bianca, she didn't make it easy. Dewdrop didn't make it easy for her. There was a struggle, you know, and then Dewdrop was actually trying to grab the rope. Like, there was a bit of a struggle where that's where you get the interest from the people. Make it seem like it's difficult. Make it seem like it's hard. So when you do get her up, you're going to get the reaction like they did. Again, Bully, you talk about it. it's those small things that are going to get the crowd emotionally invested. And Bianca Belair did that last night with Dewdrop. Emotional investment, Dave, it's something that we talk about all the time. I have given you all of the positives of Bianca Belair. Um, you being the Uber fan, when you watch Bianca Belair, do you spot anything that you don't like or that you don't agree with with what I said? No. Everything you said is 100% right. And I think the biggest thing you said, and as a Hall of Famer, this means a lot. You talked about her having the it factor. There's very, very few people that I've heard you say that about. And you saying that about Bianca Belair, Bianca having the it factor, that's significant. And, and Bully, the reason why I say it is there's certain terminology, there's certain keywords that people throw around, right? Probably too much. You don't do that. You're not somebody that does that. So the fact that you're saying that about Bianca Belair – that means a lot. And she has all the tools. You know, they talk about in baseball, the five-tool player, right, that can do everything that you know is going to be a star. That's Bianca Belair. And, I mean, there's a lot of people that will argue that she already is a star, and I get it. But this is somebody that is in the same vein of a Charlotte, of a Sasha. That's Bianca Belair right now. A Charlotte and a Sasha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of dig that. I, I think that's good, especially with the amount of, you know, if you were to compare this apples to apples, Dave, and this is not going to come to me real quick, Bianca's time right now as compared to where Charlotte and Sasha were at her time, how's Bianca doing? She's ahead. Really? Yeah, I think right now for the amount of time that Bianca has been with the company and what she's been able to accomplish – and I'm not talking about championship titles. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about emotional investment with the crowd. I think 
she's probably a little bit ahead of Charlotte and Sasha. And you know what? When you look at the total package, Bully, I mean, you know, she has the athleticism of a Charlotte Flair. And she has the charisma and personality of a Sasha Banks. Like, I, 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 I can't give a bigger compliment than that. You know, one of, one of the things that I have been saying about Charlotte since day one is the, is the, the one aspect of her game that makes her a superior professional wrestler slash sports entertainer from the rest of the women is her athletic ability. She has been an athlete all her life, from junior high to high school to college, whether it was basketball or volleyball or cheerleading or anything that Charlotte did, her athletic ability has been, um, has been you know, top notch but here's Bianca Belair I would love to see them in like a head-to-head competition like the decathlon to see how they would do how they would fare up against each other where whether it was a lifting competition and a running competition and a throwing competition that would be interesting to me to see to see who the superior athlete was I know we're not going to get that nor am I suggesting that for some wonky segment on uh uh, on Raw, where they're where they're running through kegs, and we, we've already seen that from her, right? Yeah, we we actually saw that with Bianca Belair because she's the EST, and that's when she showed that that she can. It was almost uh, Mister Perfect esque, where they had her doing other athletic endeavors to show how good she is. Uh, to uh, it, it, after I saw Bianca last night. And I saw that feat of strength. I, I almost found myself saying to myself, man, I wish they would have never put the strap on her so soon. And I wish they would not have gotten it off of her the way they did. I believe in slow burns, very slow burns. And if they would have slow burned with Bianca a little bit more, uh, I wonder where they would be with her today. Do you think, are you happy with the fact that they, they decided to put a championship on her in the in, in the way that they did? If Bianca, uh, if Bianca were to win a championship now, do you think it would have meant more? Of course. I mean, we've talked about that. We talked about that with Nikki A.S.H. Uh, but I think this, is, this might come back to help the WWE. And tell me what you think. Like, obviously, they gave it to her early, but... And giving it to her, it was a lifelong dream, everything else. I love the emotional investment with the crowd. And then they took that belt off of her with Becky Lynch. Like, Becky Lynch just destroying Bianca Belair, right? And I hated it. And I think a lot of people hated it. And I think it actually hurt uh, Becky Lynch in a lot of ways. But the way things are playing out with Becky as a heel, you could go back to this bully. I think they're building Bianca the right way. So maybe, I don't know, come WrestleMania time, if you're seeing Bianca Belair in the ring with Becky Lynch, then maybe all of these things that we've seen over the last four or five months is going to make sense come WrestleMania time. I hope it does. That's when it needs to come together. That's when it needs to really mean something. So, listen, I'm very high on Bianca Belair. I was a little, a couple of weeks ago, I, you remember, I wasn't high on this angle with Dewdrop. I felt it was a back burner type of story angle matchup for Bianca. Over the past couple of weeks, I've enjoyed what they're doing. I think Dewdrop has taken steps forward. I know Mark hates the name Piper. Uh, he wants to hear her be called Piper Niven. Last night, what I saw... 
great, great missing of the Vader splash by Dewdrop last night. She hit that perfectly. You see that, Dave? Yep, I certainly did. She did that really, really well. So the, 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 I think Dewdrop is taking steps forward also um, in these matches with Bianca. But Bianca is going to be the breakout star. She's already a breakout star. And let's see where they, what they do with her heading uh, more into WrestleMania. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say, like, we, we, and we talked about this. The WWE doesn't have a lot of those baby faces that, like, that transcend the product. The, the, they don't have a lot of those personalities and characters that when you hear WWE, you instantly think of somebody. We talked about, like, you know, 15 years ago it was John Cena. They don't have that person right now. Maybe it is a Bianca Belair. I mean, if you have the total package like a Bianca Belair, why? I, I don't know if you want to toy with that right now. You know what? There's nothing wrong with being happy, being energetic, having a, an uplifting personality and character. I didn't mind the tears at all when she won the Rumble because it got people emotionally invested. You know, for, for a, a, a brand... Like the WWE that says they create superstars. I don't feel like they have a lot of superstars. Bianca Belair is truly a superstar. I think that we both know the superstar she can be. I don't think she's reached that superstar uh, status yet. But she's got her whole career in front of her. Yep. She's is young. Bianca Belair on the same level when it comes to superstar status as Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks. Not yet, but I think there's elements about her that even at I can see the potential where she might even be bigger than those names that you just mentioned. She pops more than those other women. And when I say pops, there's something about her look. First of all, Bianca's a very pretty woman. Very pretty. So just when she's out there, between her her beauty, her hair, the way she does her 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 makeup, her gear, she just pops. What about her when you see? What about her when you see her for the first time? Uh, do you not like? I mean, she comes through that. She she comes you know comes through the curtain. It's like wow, look at her. No, I, I agree. And you, you know, you know was... when, 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 when Sasha started wearing the bodysuits, you were like, damn, look at Sasha. And then Bianca started wearing bodysuits, and you're like, holy crap. They, they, these women pop in their looks. I mean, when I, and when I mean their looks, I don't mean their, 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 their hair and their makeup, their gear and their total package. And that's an it factor. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.